it's not good. Yeah. He's close. Red light's right. coming yeah, on around the these parts. Thing. Oh, okay. Hit the thing. Hit the, the thing. Oh, my God. The, yeah. Jesus Christ. Shut up. The podcast is starting. Quit your complaining. That's all I do. Oh, God. Hello, everyone. And welcome. You okay over there? To another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier. To the right of me Shut is up. Sean Faw. Across the table is Derek Laporte. I don't have anything witty to say. Well, that's going to be it for today. It's just the three of us. Unfortunately, we, uh, we're just one man down. No Timmer, but we'll still move on. Oh, my God. Well, I uh, wanted a fucking sad trombone, a fucking sad trombone. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. The, so the empty chair will be filling his seat. Yeah. It's yeah. jokes like those that were in the film we watched. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We'll add room tone to make uh, up for it. Some of them were better. <laughs> yeah, true. Some of them were better. Yeah. What did we watch, Joey? We watched Duck Soup, the famous Marx Brothers film. Yeah. You know that. It's getting a clap because we're getting a clap for having watched it. That's yeah. all. We watched That's it, all 60-whatever <laughs> minutes of it, 65 minutes. 68? 68. It was okay. a short. Yeah, yeah. definitely the shortest. Uh feature we have does it even qualify as a feature is uh you tell uh, me <laughs> actually it does not so under under feature? the general under the general standard now for Academy. film festivals mm-hmm. and things such as that 70 minutes wow. is the minimum so it actually you know of course the, they could have added two more minutes of something exactly another Did, music number you know, a little bit longer credits on some credits. Redo Cheated. some gag that they've done in eight other movies. They could have done the James Cameron thing of like, but the reverse James Cameron thing where you add a frame every oh, couple of yeah, seconds. Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, let's get into it. Yeah. Tell us uh, what's a little bit about this plot and story of this movie. What's it about? Uh, we got ourselves a uh, fake country of Fredonia. Is it free? Is it Fredonia? Or yeah, you Fredonia. Got it. Fredonia. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, um, I guess I guess they're having some political problems. They they lost all their money, and there's some rich heiress that's going to give them the money. But her one stipulation is that uh, I can't remember the dude's name, but Rufus T. Firefly. Yeah, yeah. Rufus T. Firefly is Gretchen. her choice to run this government essentially like president or dictator you know just kind of head honcho they don't really like give him a specific title do they you know what you're right i think Mm. it's like king if anything they don't really yeah either way he's like chosen to run this small country because he runs shit for some reason she likes him like it's never even explained why she chose him or like why he has to be the guy uh we just accept that he's the guy and they just kind of get right into it uh so groucho marx appears um he becomes our loving condescending quirky quacking dictator and um Really just kind of hijinks ensue from there, essentially. Like, uh, his brothers are around, pretending to not be his brothers, and, like, uh, working for another country of Sylvania. Mm-hmm. And they are spying on him, trying to figure out what the plans are for the war that's coming up. Um, but that's just kind of, like, a lot of random shenaniganery that yeah. doesn't really evolve into much other than, like, a musical number at the end. And then they kind of decide that they're going to go to war anyways. And then that turns into another musical number. And 
and then it just kind of ends. Sort of. There's like a thing about them trying to steal the plans or something. Yeah, that was the, that was, was why they were following them around. And, and then it, there's I a trial. <laughs> oh, yeah. the trial! I did miss the trial. Yeah. Uh, the trial, like uh, they uh, they get caught uh, trying to steal the plans, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a small trial. Right? And then yeah. the trial goes away because they go to end up going off because of a song. Yeah. Because oh, because no. <laughs> of the war. Because okay. well because because. Basically, that that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie was the the thing where he's like, "Why would that guy not shake my hand?" Like mm. he just starts like freaking out about it, and then slaps him in the face when he finally gets there because <laughs> he's great. talked himself into how that guy's going to react. Yeah. So yeah. after the trial, the rich lady comes in and says that she's solved everything and everything's going to be fine. She he just has to meet with the uh, the ambassador and uh, say that it's going to be great, and then yeah, it devolves into. Him being convinced <laughs> that he's not going to get his hand shook, and uh, yeah. war ensues. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you you skipped a little bit over the interplay between uh, Rufus and the ambassador, just the kind of the back and forth between them. But you, yeah, it got you got there. Um, There's what, some peanuts selling too that you skipped over. But yeah, but that's yeah. I mean, that side, was, the, yeah, side there was nothing thing. like it was more hijinks the plot there. That was no, literally all true. just hijinks. You're right. Yeah. Like the the fucking. Um, I really don't even understand the whole vendor thing. Yeah, like they were hired as spies, so I guess they were pretending to sell pop or pretending to sell peanuts. Yeah. outside yeah. of his office, but like that just turned into a weird fight with the the other vendor. And so it's just, just stealing hat. Thing, yeah, kind of and it seemed like hats. another one of those gigs that they're uh, uh, gags that they had done in like yeah. 10 other movies and had done on vaudeville a thousand times. Yeah. Right. And just like it, it seems like this is one of those movies where they just like, okay, we got 60 minutes to fill. We'll do this gag, we'll do this gag, we'll do this gag, we'll put a number here, a number here, a number here, we'll put some jibber jabber here, and let's go. And yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of the movie. Yeah. I think you're pretty much right. I'm, I'm fascinated, but was looking at some of the, you know, the making of it, but mm-hmm. it looks like it was kind of rushed and they were shocked that the one before, I think it was Horse Feathers, made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And they were kind of made this like really quickly for Paramount and Paramount was like dying as a company uh-huh. and they were nervous about even doing it for Paramount because they were popular, but Paramount was not. They were nervous they wouldn't get paid, gotcha. but they did it as like kind of, you know, this last gasp thing. It's like mm-hmm. working for uh, Asylum. Kind of. I guess, but I don't know what Paramount was like back then. Um, but I think it is interesting because it is a slapdash thing. All their movies are like that, where you're right. They take a little bit of their vaudeville routine or their Broadway routine and put it together and kind of yeah. trying to slap a plot together. And I think one of the other things we really kind of overlook about movies, especially from like, this is 1933, right? Right. So like, especially this period and earlier, I don't know how much they were ever thinking that people would see them beyond the year that they were traveling around in the theater. Like these weren't, you know, no one thought of home video. No one thought of like any of the other ways that these things would be consumed. So a movie was made 20 years ago. You might've saw it when you were a kid in the theater. It might make the rounds again at some point in your life. But like the chances that someone would see every Marx brother movie is pretty small at that point. So like the idea, that you could just kind of recycle gags and shit like that, like they would be essentially fresh. It's kind I think of- too, there is also that hushed nature of it. You kind of, like you mentioned, sound is starting to come about around this time, True. right? We're actually, this is pre-code. So this is mm. before like wow, 34 is censor- Yeah. Okay. So it's this, <laughs> right. It's this very yeah. short amount of time. It's like a course of like three or four years, I think. Mm. 
And so you had this yeah, situation. There was an awful lot of cleavage in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that. And then uh, probably some of the jokes because, I mean, yeah. you know. Well, I don't know if it's pre code. It is pre code. Yeah. So they make a joke about the. So just to be clear, it's, it's Hayes Code we're talking about, correct? It's Hayes Code. Well, Hayes Code was done before this, but they didn't enforce it until 34. Okay. So this is technically, they could get away with anything, and it was the norm for them to basically do whatever almost they whatever they want, but, essentially. And especially, and especially for, for Marx Brothers at this time, you can imagine. Um, especially for Paramount, who's not doing so good. So they're not, they're, you know, even though apparently they did have a lot of infighting uh, with the studio, right. because there was a lot of like them trying to walk off set and all kinds of stuff. So there was a lot of like those kinds of dealings. But as far as, as far as actually like censors uh, were like cutting stuff out of this thing, that was not the case yet. Interesting. Um, so, so, so getting back to it, that, that like, I think that there was all this, there was this thing in which, okay, we're, we've got sound in movies. How do we, like, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, we like put these kind of vaudeville things in, we kind of have these musical numbers. We have all that kind of stuff going on because f- film with sound had not established itself yet mm-hmm. You know, so there was not that much of a differentiation, I don't think, from that and vaudeville. vaudeville. So you have this very much this carryover and and that's that's kind of where this thing kind of lives, you know? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's little musical theater, little vaudeville. Yeah. I mean, there are funnier parts, there are funny lines of dialogue, there are moments that are remind me of Strange Love Mm. and that kind of do last. Um, I think this kind of movie is a cult movie. And that's why I think it might, it had like, I'm sure it had like kind of an, uh, you know, revisiting in the sixties or seventies or whatever in nineties, you know, blockbuster era and that kind of stuff. I just think that, um, it, it's, it has funny jokes because the way that its tone approaches the seriousness of the topics, right? you know, I, I- I definitely see the strange love connection in that, like that tongue in cheek, but super heavy topic sort of thing. Yeah. That like, you know, everyone's going to war. Let's sing about it. Sort of. Sure. Uh, Springtime for Hitler sort of, you can definitely feel a lot of Mel Brooks in a number of areas here, Mm -hmm. but I do think there were equal number of jokes that either just maybe they don't hold up or mm. they just completely fell flat. Like, uh, to me, this was like a shotgun approach of like, you oh, know, just I, throw I, everything. I don't even say shotgun. I would say a super machine gun. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's joke, 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 joke. It's, it's not, right. it's not stop. It's yeah, like, yeah. which is okay. And you're right. There's a good 25, 30, 40% that just don't land. What is it? You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. It, it's <laughs> yeah. not that it's not a, yeah, a sniper approach. That's yeah, for yeah. sure. But that's Groucho. He's, he talks, nonstop and that's the, that's the humor but what's interesting is supposedly this was not popular at the time because mm-hmm. this is the depression era this is 33 you're coming right out of it depression really you know just right into the Roosevelt administration and people did not like this kind of humor they mm-hmm. were like tired and cynical and then about like, and then they were not approach. They were not ready for this kind of cynical approach to government. They were like, they were like really upset and feeling oh, like shit. Yeah. Mm. Government so, needs to save us, not just be made yeah, a mockery of. Yeah. Like they, like they can't, they can't really joke about it at this point. So, which is interesting that they kind of had at right in 1933, like this would have been better at a different era. That's why I think it, it, it seems out of place. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of times where these jokes really are serious. Like even when Groucho is just joking in the beginning when he's talking about like blocking people up, 
Right. Or like putting people away. He's like, or he's like, you can't smoke, you can't chew bubble of gum. He's like, you're talking about an authoritarian tyrant right now. And he's like telling you what he's going to do. And we're like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Ha ha. Groucho's so silly. his own men too, for instance, also. Groucho's like a Stalin. Right. Well, I mean, to me, that that initial song there, I thought the entire joke was he's doing everything that he's telling everyone not to do. So like he's, you know, you know, just that complete hypocrisy of leadership. Totally. No, I, mm. and I think it's funny. And actually I, I, I liked the beginning first half of this movie a lot more than the second half. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I think just because the introduction to the absurdity of Groucho kind of like threw me, I wasn't ready for that Marx Brothers right. world. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and then I noticed you guys stopped getting interested after a little while. <laughs> yeah, something happens, I guess, in the course of it. I get a little tired of the... Look, there, there's basically there's three of them and then there's a straight man, right? So right. They, yeah. they all have well, different... Just say Zeppo's the straight man. Yeah, Zeppo's a straight man who the guy cannot act to save his life. He couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. Let's just be honest. It's like 30s um, acting, Derek. It's, you gotta no, no. The first line he comes in with is like, oh, well, yes, he'll be down in a second, probably. And then he breaks into song and it's like, oh. And I was like, I, my initial reaction was like, they hired this guy because he can sing. Mm. Was like, but I don't even think that's his voice, actually. But um, but anyway, the the slapstick thing, I think, is very hit or miss for me. And it goes on a little too long in a lot of the sequences. And you don't have any real momentum. Like initially, I, I'll give you like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you know, I'm pretty mm-hmm. gracious as far as those things go. But at some <laughs> point, I got to have somebody to root for, you know, yeah. and I had, there's nobody to really root for in the movie. No. That's what, I like Chico the best out of the Marx Brothers in this. He's, he's my favorite as far as like, I think mm-hmm. that his jokes kind of hold up the best sort of. I mean, the Groucho stuff is, of course, Groucho. It'll always be yeah. like, you know, it, it'll be hit and miss. Some will be real good. Yeah. But Chico's stuff kind of holds up yeah. the, to, to this day and age. That's um, like, so Chico is definitely the most consistent. Yeah. Whereas Groucho is like home runs yeah, and he fucking takes strikes. Big, 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 big swings. Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. big swings and yeah. it's all totally hit or miss. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I do have to favor Groucho just in like when those big laughs land, like there were right. a few times when I like, I really laughed like genuinely at this movie and they were almost all Groucho. Yeah. Like, you know, he, there were a lot of cringeworthy moments coming from Groucho too, but he definitely got my biggest well, laughs. Well, one of the things I think that's the difference between the two of them to is that uh, Groucho is Groucho in everything, Mm -hmm. right? Chico had that kind of ability that his character could be different. Does he not always do that accent? No, he always does that accent, but okay. it can, like, it can, it can actually, like, I understand. You know, I he, he's his role can, he's got a little range in there, sure. you know. Um, yeah, this was my first, like, real exposure to the Marx Brothers. Okay. And I think the first thing that really struck me is this is probably the first time, like, I've seen clips and stuff before. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, I'm aware of the Marx Brothers, I should say, before this. Um, but I think all of the clips I had seen had been, so old that I never realized how absolutely ridiculous Groucho's uh, mustache and eyebrows were. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, 
every time I've seen like, you know, kids do Groucho impressions or things like that, and they smear the fucking uh, shoe polish across their face, I always thought that that was like, you know, over the top or, you know, just like a more ridiculous homage to a ridiculous person. But now I realize that he didn't have any facial hair at all. And that was just like a ton of shoe polish slathered across his face. And like <laughs> the entire um, presentation of Groucho to me is something that like I've seen representations of him before I ever really got to meet him as a real or, you know, as the original person. Mm. And to me, th- he doesn't hold up to all the imitations. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you true. Know, he's, yeah. he's lacking something. There's something, especially in those first scenes, he's, he's got this like this radio delivery. He reminded me a lot of like, um, uh, 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 oh Jesus, um, Mark Marin or, um, even Chris Hardwick a lot in that, like their voice projects a lot of emotion and their face projects nothing. And so there was like this weird disconnect a lot of times where like, I'm expecting him to mug or like, you know, do some eyebrow stuff or like give me some sort of like facial connection to these weird sort of offhanded comments he's making. And it's like, solid deadpan. And then sometimes he is doing the wacky mugging faces. And then I'm, it just, I don't, I don't know if it's like inconsistent or if it's just a weird style he was going for. I don't know. It felt like some of the shots he like just wasn't having a good day and was just saying the lines. And other times he was like really into it and really fucking, you know, throwing out the clown face. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's definitely vaudevillian, I think. It might be just a generational thing, too. It's just like back then, they would emphasize different things. And the way you write, his facial expressions when he delivered jokes was kind of a little bit off. Mm. I also uh, give that a little bit to the out-of-syncness. Like, even though it's not quite out-of-sync to, like, we'd notice yeah, it, yeah. even though a couple frames could be out when he delivers the lines with bad ADR, mm-hmm. it does throw off the comedic timing. And I did notice that a lot, actually, in some of these jokes, that just because it was slightly off, you're like, oh, like, like even when he was, um, all the jokes basically when he was leaving um, on his little motorcycle built for mm, two, yeah, yeah. Like, like the last couple ones were just slightly off because of the the dubbing or the with ADR rather, yeah. and it it threw off the t- comedic timing. Yeah, and totally. even though it was only milliseconds, I did notice right. it. So I, I do kind of see what you're saying in general. By the way, I think that I didn't get a lot of the Groucho stuff. I mean, there was like a good 40 percent where I was just like, eh, yeah, not getting it. Well, half not- the time I've 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 really said like, wow, that's really funny. I'll be reading like a line and like like a quote from Groucho, and I can hear him yeah, saying yeah. it in my head. But that may not actually have been the way he exactly. said it. Yeah. Right. So my in my own like memory interpretation is like, is, yeah. 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 The thing is he's just his cadence alone is mm-hmm. comedic. Yeah. And yeah. He, he's like he, there's certain comedians that I just kind of laugh at when I hear yep. their voice. Uh another one it was Brody Stevens, the late Brody Stevens, if you guys know Brody Stevens. I love one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. And his voice is just tone and his rhythm, yeah. which make me laugh. And I think you're right when you were on to something about Marin and these guys, they're obviously radio guys. And mm-hmm. I think Chico and Harbo did have a radio show. Mm-hmm. So it was obvious. And even Harpo with his fucking, you know, Foley and sound effects yeah, are yeah. built for radio, you know? Yeah. My problem with Harpo, unfortunately, is that all I really see is Lucille Ball. Um, I, I hmm. saw, Can't get past the hair? Yeah, that, yeah. I, uh, fucking gingers. <laughs> um, no, it's the, uh, because the first time I've ever seen Harpo was in that, uh, the I Love Lucy, where mm-hmm. she meets him. And mm-hmm. like, that is just one of those classic things that I've seen so many times. And like, so much of her 
comedy style is definitely derived from him. Like you can see it just watching him and like, it, it just is like, I don't know. It's um, a very weird sort of thing because he does have sort of like, I don't know. It's it, 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 again, it's that weird connection of like knowing these people as public domain characters before seeing their original works. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like throwing me off. Like, well, we also not only have that, but like, obviously uh, most of his slapstick antics later, like for us, that's like cartoons growing up. True. And because cartoons were pulling from stuff yeah, like yeah. this. And so we have it like, so removed now that like, you know, and probably if you were talking to like seven year old Derek, having watched this movie, I would say that the Harpo stuff's the best Yeah. because I would like, like a little kid's going to find that stuff hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But for us, it's like not quite, you know, we've kind of outgrown that yeah. kind of humor. Um, but, uh. But yeah, I do see kind of like the hair thing too with the loop sill ball. Now, now that you've said that, you may have ruined it for me, Sean, sorry, forever. Sorry. It's okay. Well, I think you're onto something there that the different Marx Brothers appeal to different age groups. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think that's interesting. It's almost like a Pixar film, but not, right. not obviously not as good. But you know I what mean, I'm saying? And that, there's levels. You know, well, they, that they, makes, they appeal to different demographics. That makes total sense from like a vaudevillian standpoint. Right. Like if you were trying to devise a vaudeville show, you would want something that- Bring the whole family. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So right. if you have an act that is like a built-in register for each of these right. sort of age groups and like touchstones, uh, I could see that being a very lucrative profession. Okay, so I'm going to take a small right turn because uh, we have to talk about it in this context, in this moment. We're talking about history and, yeah. and that stuff. What about her story? We're, we're going to talk about, I'm going to just, just lay it like out there. That. Uh, <laughs> You're in this Sean, Sean, what does um, Rufus T. Firefly and Donald Trump have in common? <laughs> I'm just going to lay it out there. Um, a popular mandate. Okay, go on. <laughs> Um, what do you? That's it. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Oh, okay, Derek. No, no, it, you want to take that? I, I think it's it's interesting. I, there's a lot of similarities. That's all. I mean, you're talking about just a doofy sort of uh, sure. know it all that's going to take charge and clean everything up without really having any concept of what's putting your faith going in on. one man to yeah. clean up the, mm. the country. Yeah, I, mm. I mean that's his deal. I mean that was what he ran on in 2016. My so you're saying this was prophetic. No, first of all, sure. In many ways. I mean, in 33, just think about it, the way it influenced. Well, no, it's just the tales all this time. It's well, like, absolutely. It's, but it was very prescient for Mussolini. Yeah. Mussolini supposedly banned it in Italy, mm. uh, which is mm. uh, fascinating in its own right. And they were super happy about it. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, Seth Rogen in the interview. Oh, know, right being happy on. how they yeah, were banned yeah. in North Korea. Anyway. Successful so, trolling. Yeah. I, I think it, it's... It is an interesting way to view politics. I mean, it is completely farce, farcical and satire, but Most it is- politics are. Exactly. I think this is your kind of deal, Sean, because yeah. it is like saying all politics are a joke and Groucho is treating it like a fucking joke, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I, and and it's, it's interesting that, they, again, it was coming out in 1933, but- I don't know. It, it seems like it's a tale as old as time and <laughs> that it is timeless in these yeah. critiques of, of politics or authoritarians mm -hmm. or tyrants. It really is because 
you know, you know, you see, I don't know, there's so much about it, but Groucho is just a character, he's a character, he's funny, and even though he's, like, treats everyone like shit, you know, he takes their fucking donut and dips it in the coffee and yeah. eats it, like, they all love him still, and they all, you know, praise him, and it's, it's interesting, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's the same thing Kubrick talked about when he was talking about Strange Love. like, he originally wanted to make it as a serious war movie, and then the more research he did, the more he realized everything was just fucking ridiculous, and, mm. like, it was just a comedy, and there was really no other way to tell it. So, I mean, to me, that is just standard operating procedure for government in general, especially yeah. the, you know, older school version of like oligarchy and monarchy and stuff like that. Like that is all just fucking random bullshit. Uh, Derek, who do you think Fredonia represents as if you had to pick one country? Oh, geez. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I I want to like. I always think of the U.S., but I, I mean, I don't know. Okay, I, I, I don't think that's know. actually that completely time, legitimate. Yeah, uh, I think it's a mixture of the U.S. and Germany. Yeah, yeah. if I had to say. Yeah. Because also their uniforms are really fascinating. And Groucho obviously changes clothes all the time. Right. Like, and he goes into the Confederate mm -hmm. Robert E. Lee's general's outfit, and then becomes Davy Crockett. Yeah. But there's also um, George Washington in there. And he's also a British soldier <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, It's just kind of weird because obviously they're relying on one person to bail them out of bankruptcy as a country. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that is a reference to someone at that time or if that's a reference to something at that time. I'm not sure who I think or it's what. Mussolini and Hitler you for sure. Okay. I mean, Hitler literally was elected chancellor in 33. I mean, that was his hmm. one year rise to power. Hmm. Uh he, oh, I'm sorry, not elected. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he was, was elected. He, the Nazi party was got 33% of the votes in the Reichstag. He was appointed by Hindenburg. He wasn't quite elected. Either I way. mean, that's the same thing they're doing in Britain right now. So it's kind of... Either way, you could say Boris Johnson is not elected. That's what I'm you, saying. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with what your point. Hmm. Um, kind of. Either way. <laughs> you're, you're <gonna> be, <laughs> I, want, I want to talk about that, but you're going to be so not saying yeah. Boris is Hitler. But I will say that the UK is part of the, and the uniforms are so fascinating because they have the helmets of the, um, of the French forces in World War I. Mm. Uh, and then mm. the, and, and the, uh, but they have the, also the uniforms of the German Prussian soldiers. Yeah. So it's so, I love the way that they keep it. It's just neutral. everything. It's, everywhere. it's everything. Yeah. You know, a lot of good movies, just, a lot of good TV shows do that where they kind of keep it generic. Yeah. And it, 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 Veep yeah. does this too. Too, actually, I don't know if you know, watch Veep, but you don't know whether she's kind of Republican or Democrat, which oh, is yeah, fascinating. Yeah. She can be, she can be anyone. It's because there's no difference, Joey. So and there is the commentary. <laughs> so the, I guess the other Marx brother went off to World War One oh, and I never, know. never there was a fifth Gummo. Marx brother. Gummo. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. you guys were saying Gummo. I totally Gummo. thought you were talking about that shitty movie that was made by that dude. <laughs> Uh, um, I kind of know that too. So Mark's brother. No, uh, but he. What was Gummo's deal? Yeah. He, well, he, he was. A, like he a was girl? in the. No, he was in the vaudeville. I. I actually don't know. I've never seen any right footage on. with with him. Uh, he was in vaudeville. He went off to World War One. So he was, I guess, for the most part, not involved with any of the movies. Any of their movies. Right on. Um, I do wonder. I do wonder, like, what the difference would be if he was. You mm. know. I mean, that, that, <laughs> he's the keystone. Well, he's the keystone. The, it's maybe, the same maybe, story yeah. as the, uh, the Would three Would he be Stooges. the straight man? Would he replace uh, uh, Zeppo? Mm. You know? Would, would he be... Well, I feel like if he was part of the vaudeville, then he would have like filled out some 
Some, beast that they weren't doing that's why i immediately jumped to like him playing the girl roles or something like you know as we were saying like that is a very balanced sort of troop so i would assume that they would have something to expand rather than duplicate but yeah you know yeah I'm no vaudevillian manager oh, let's say gummo yeah i don't know i'm looking at it he seems like gummo died in 1977 so he didn't die in World War One. No, he didn't. Did. No, I'm not saying he died in World oh, War I. I he went off to World okay. War One. Yeah, they just started I, making I all their movies, did. and they then started, like he was, yeah. they were famous by the time yeah, he got back, and exactly. it's like you know, got replaced by the younger. Oh, uh, he got replaced, or he? I, I guess because I, they didn't go from five to four. They just kept I, four. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. But I, I just, just well, or I maybe they dropped so I'm them going off. by what you yeah. just told me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know, I um, know not much. Okay. I just know there's another Marx brother, Gummo. He's Ooh. the Pete Best of the mm, Marx Brothers. That's it. The Curly Joe. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> the Shemp, I guess. Shemp, Shemp yeah, made Shemp. the comeback. I Shemp mean, is a little better. Shemp's got his credit. Shemp's, yeah. yeah. Shemp is only disparaged because he replaced Curly. If Shemp had come in with Curly still around, no one would have a problem with Shemp. And we've seen Shemp's serious credits in the bank dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, check right. out our previous episode yeah. if you want to see that. Yeah. Some, some hardcore <laughs> acting there. You really so, polished those glasses. So uh, speaking of acting, before we kind of move on from this, do you guys want to mention anything specifically about the Marx Brothers acting, about anyone else's acting? I didn't think there was any special standout performances personally. What do you no, think, Sean? No, everything was just like caricatures. Um, the big oaf that they were getting uh, with the lemonade stand was- um, He was good. I think he must be a classical vaudevillian. Yeah, I feel like he's like their their uh, standard uh, foil or something. Like there was definitely a lot of like uh, standard gag chemistry between the three of them. For sure. Um, possibly because I'm not sure if this is good or bad, but it really felt like all of those gags they had just done thousands of times. Like everything was just so fucking like- I don't want to say precise, but like, um, I don't know, just smooth. Like, okay. you know, they were like the, the almost magician slide of hand, like where everything is, you know, just like a quick handoff and like, you know, they, um, just, yeah, it's not definitely not something that was thrown together at the last minute for a movie like this. And that's, yeah. The actors are that are not Marx Brothers, I feel like they're all like the Washington generals. Mm, and yeah. the Marx Brothers are, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters. They are the ones doing all the tricks, doing all the jokes. Everyone else is just there as background. They're there just to yeah. kind of throw the ball back to them, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And uh, they were okay, but they were all straight men, as you said. I think Zeppo- uh, I think that's said, why Zeppo gets lost. Yeah, he's yeah. just kind of another one of them. He happens to get a few lines in the musical numbers, but yeah. that's about it. And they're kind of out of place and they don't really fit in too well. Jokes in a music number are hard to get away with. Like the music numbers, I'm sure our modern sensibilities are a little different. Weird Al. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, just in general, when the music number comes up in a movie, like you do tend to turn off. Like that's a hard place De to slip exposition. Certainly, Derek did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Derek definitely does. Yeah, I do sometimes. sometimes. That's well, okay. Not everyone. Know. Not everyone has to love musicals. He hates yeah. joy. I just, yeah, I'm just not down with the musical. That's Total all it is. That's all it is. Yeah, you hate joy. Yeah. Uh, Zeppo later took a job um, that Riveting. was not in not acting in these movies. Do you guys want to, could you venture a guess based upon what you saw in this movie, what job he might have gone Z on to Zeppo? take? Zeppo. Hmm. 
Um, Still related to films. Producer? Close. Stunt coordinator? (laughs) No. (laughs) Far. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are... He, uh, he, became an, he became an agent. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's a good place for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he looks the part, doesn't he? Yeah, though, yeah. He looks the part of an agent. Over to that corner. Yeah. Stay away from creatives. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdo with the fucking horns. <laughs> hey, man. At least that's something. It's not just standing I, there. I appreciate it. <laughs> Although right. that those horns made more tones than. Uh, there three. were different types of horns. It was there a, were three. It, yeah, but no, I mean they're the, magical. Derek. Magical yeah. horns. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Come okay. on. All right. Yep. It's true. Magic of movies. One held lemonade. That's true. Mm-hmm. For a while. Yeah. Mark's magic. A lot of lemonade. Yeah, that's true. A whole lot of, that's lemonade. A lot of lemonade. It's more lemonade than that thing could hold. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Uh, Sean. Yeah. I think it might be that time to play a game. What what type of game would that be? Would it be would it be possibly time to guess the gross? Hello, gentlemen. Welcome to our fabulous game. You are you are going to be given a title of a movie. Today's titles all have to do with movies that were containing comedy groups. These are groups that were comedian groups before they made a movie and then made a movie as a comedian group. Uh, you are going to be given the name and the title and the year and the whatnot. And you're going to tell me how much it made domestic gross box office and the things with the stuff. Thanks, Derek. So, yeah. yeah, cut it off. Yeah, thank you. Hard cut off. I can right. stop. I'm going to write them down. Derek's going to write them down. <laughs> All right. So first on the list of comedy group movies, we have... Altered State Police in 2001, directed by Jay Chandasekar. Super Troopers. Mm. Super Troopers. In 2001, how much did Super Troopers make, gentlemen? I uh, don't really have, we only got two of you, so. Leader Cola. Leader Cola. Yeah, yeah. Littering Man. Littering Man. What year Literary. did you say? Uh, uh, 19, I'm sorry, 2001, meow. 2001, meow. <laughs> littering in, littering in. <laughs> yeah, uh, the tagline is altered state gonna police. Get, uh, gonna get that, um, meow. Yeah, so I'm right. gonna have to ask for some numbers. Joey? Uh, I said 32 million, meow. 32 million, meow. Meow. Uh, Derek? 12, meow. 12 million. <laughs> 12, meow. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, sort of anticlimactic. Uh, Joey. Joey takes it at 32 million. The total was 30,617,000. Wow. Wow. Way yeah. to go, Super Troopers. Yeah. Wow. I wonder those guys wow. live, in, live in the dream. High life. Went not, to the paradise after that. And, it's definitely not too shabby for a comedy. No. 30 million is Probably With nobody in it, too. Yeah. Like, nobody's um, in it, right? Well, yeah, they were nobody. Now yeah. they're all now somebody somebody's. ish, 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 ish. So, gentlemen. Let's see now. Meow, now, meow, meow, now, how, brown, brown, brown. Just what we all need a really good hit. In 1980, I believe the Ooh. earliest movie ever on this list. Yeah. We have directed by Mr. Tommy Chong. We have Cheech and Chong's next movie. 
<laughs> and uh, just so you guys are aware, um, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you. Fuck you. Uh, this is uh, 1980s Cheech and Chong. 1980s Cheech and Chong? Uh, yeah. Uh, any, just Cheech and Chong Cheech in it? And any famous next people? Movie. Any famous um, people? Let me take a look here. In 1980, uh, you also had starring in it. Um, nope. Robert, <laughs> Robert Redford. Uh, Ricky no. Marin as Gloria. Paul Newman. <laughs> um, uh, wow, there is no one I recognize on this list of people. Uh, oh, Robert Altman is the gas station owner. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. I'm not cool. even sure if that's the real Robert Altman. Oh, that's Robert Ackerman. I can't read. Okay, never, never mind. mind. Yeah, no one I recognize <laughs> oh, on this list. <laughs> not, not Robert Altman, some other person. Yep, totally yeah, different. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, Richard Attenborough. <laughs> totally. Just a, name, name random. Yeah, car, Richard guys. Attenborough. This guy number three. As a taxi driver. In 1980, how much did Cheech and Chong's next movie make? Joey. One million four hundred and twenty thousand. Wow, such a success. Wow. Oh, 420,000. Look at you. Um, See what I did wow. there. Derek, how much did Cheech and Chong's next movie make? Uh, 632,000. 632,000. <laughs> wow. You gentlemen have very little faith. The little tidbit I was going to give you was this was the Cheech and Chong movie that made the most based on the list that I saw. Mm. Uh, this one came in at 41,000,000. Wow. Uh, 675,000. Wow. Yeah. Joey, in you are off by orders of magnitude, but, but I still will won. still give it to you. Yeah. I was actually going to do four, 40, Jesus Christ, 42 million. 42 point, yeah. But I thought that was too much. Yeah, yeah no, 42 is you know? pretty pretty close there. 420 million. Yeah. Well, that would have been a little excessive, Derek. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Two guys invented a game and turned the sports world, sports world upside down. In 1998, directed by David Zucker, we have Basketball. Mm. Obviously starring Trey and Matt of uh, South Park fame. Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Uh, we also have um, Yasmin Bleeth, Jenny McCarthy, Ernest Bordenine. Mm. Okay, I'm locked cool. in. You good? Me too, All I'm right. locked in. All right, so in 1998, how much did basketball make Derek? $9 million. $9 million, says Derek. Joey? 26 $26 million. It would have done you well to have a lot less faith in this movie. Uh, I came in at $7 million. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. that's, a, that's a tough one for, for Mr. Yeah. Zuckerberg. Um, yeah. Zucker. Yeah. Zucker. 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 Same difference. Um, Facebook guy. Yeah. A little different. Yeah. Gentlemen, you'll cry. You'll laugh. You'll hurl. In 1992, Penelope Spheris directed Wayne's World. Mm. How much did Wayne's World make mm. in 1992? The original, the first Wayne's World. Uh, we have Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Rob Lowe, Tia Carrera, Brian Doyle Murray, Laura Flynn, Laura Flynn Boyle. Um, yeah. Uh, a bunch All right. of other people locked. I don't notice. Yeah, I'm locked. 
Uh, so Derek, fifty-six million dollars. Fifty-six million dollars, Joey. Sixty-three. Sixty-three million dollars, says Joseph Bonnier. You guys have way too little faith in this fucking blockbuster Oof. of a goddamn movie. This came in at one hundred and twenty-one million dollars. Yeah, I knew it was that is big. Like a That's... super huge movie for a yeah. comedy. Yeah, uh, especially you know. 30 years ago. I mean, 56 million. I just forgot that like SNL could have hit movies. I think this is the only one, maybe Coneheads, but um, Uh, maybe. Yeah. There's the the first uh, Blues Brothers. Um, But yeah, other than that, that counts. counts. All right, gentlemen, uh, shove this up your mind. In 1996, directed by Kelly McKinn. Is that Kelly McKinn? Yeah. Uh, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy. In when? 1996. In 1996, if you believe it or not, the Kids in the Hall fame team personalities created a movie called Brain Candy. It is a fabulous movie if you people have not seen it. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Me and two of my friends were the only people in the goddamn theater seeing it and we laughed our asses off in 1996. I believe it was yes, it was R-rated so we did have to sneak into that theater but no one cared because no one was there. Mm. Joey, how much did Brain Candy make in 1996? 2.3 million dollars. 2.3 million million dollars. Derek? 1 million dollars. 1 million dollars. Joey, you should get extra credit for this. This came in at $2.6 million. Ooh. You are fucking close as hell. Some that other people the... saw it in some other <laughs> states. <laughs> other like theaters. Two people per theater saw this I fucking movie. I did some calculations after Sean told me <laughs> right, how many people were in two his theater. Per every... I just quick in my head. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I shouldn't have Three given that story away. That was, how uh, many theaters were in 1993? <laughs> Have you guys seen this movie? It's fucking great. Uh, I haven't seen it. No, I should make you watch. I think Joey already wins. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. But I do have one last movie on the list, so I'm gonna make you do it anyway, just for the fuck of it. Uh, Let's see here. He wasn't the Messiah. He was a very naughty boy. In 1979, Mr. Terry Jones. Comedy royalty directed the life of Brian. Brian. Gentlemen, how much did The Life of Brian, the famed classic Monty Python movie, take in over its domestic box office gross? Starring Jan, Graham Chris Chapman, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, Brian. Eric Idle, Terry Jones, Michael Palin, um, and no one else you care about. Gotcha. Um, All right. Derek. I'm going $1.2 million. $1.2 million, dollars, Joey. I said they answered all life and all things, 42. 42. Wow. God, that's a little bit too much math. Um, <laughs> must be right in the middle. Right like in the middle. Something? What is it? 20-something. $19.3 million. Um, I think that goes to Derek. Yes, yeah, that final calculation checks out. Unfortunately, Joey still had you going into the end gate there, taking it four to two. Joey wins. Yay. But I should get a point deducted for looking earlier at the basketball <laughs> Wikipedia And me not entry. being able to spell basketball yeah. and yelling at you for looking oh, at the screen. Oh, you looked at the yeah. basketball? I literally looked at his screen and saw him Wikipediaing literally basketball. <laughs> and he thought that I was cheating. So it's three to three. It's Basically, a tie. Yeah. It's a tie. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I don't yeah. have a tiebreaker. Go fuck yourself. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, speaking of things that I win, Can you go fuck and, I, and I, no, 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 no. This is all about me and make me look good. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk Time about for things. a beer? 
I'll yeah. take things that can go fuck themselves for 300, Alex. We're going to talk about the sound. Uh, yeah. Yay. You have a thing for me? Oh, that's fair. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's no thing. It's called Guess the... the oh, no, that's, the, that's not a thing. That's, that's not what I'm thing. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing now. Sorry, man. It's okay. It's fine. We don't have a sound thing for you. No, no. We yes, don't. You asked for a cue that we didn't have. No, and no, I, I didn't really. I was just and kind I thought of... I had to hit a button, so I hit a button, and then there's no sound for the sound thing. Great. Let's talk about the sound thing. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the music. Um... Bert Kalmar, Harry Rubin, they wrote the story, the music, the lyrics. I thought the music numbers were kind of cute. I know Derek doesn't like them. Sean just hates music. What did you think about I some of these music, music numbers, first of all? Was, were there any ones stand out for you? Any of uh, the best ones? Um, the only one that sticks in my mind is the 10 o'clock one, and that's just because they said 10 o'clock a thousand times. <laughs> um, other than that, they're all just kind of like slightly exposition-y and slightly uh, like samey and like- Operatic. Yeah, exposition in music just- doesn't really work. <laughs> like, as much as people try and jam Hamilton down your throat, like, you know. I didn't think they were too exposition y. I thought they were, if anything, they were just repetitive. They kept going, yeah, like, yeah. we're going to war, we're going yeah. to war. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I know what you're saying to an extent, but I think that, I, I don't know. I thought they were cutesy. Maybe they did go on a little long, you know, but I don't know. I liked them overall. Yeah, I guess not exposition y, more like character explainy or like character okay. justify -y. <laughs> like each one had their own sort of theme music and like I think that's normal though for musicals right that's kind of like where some change happens you know where you, oh oh I've singing about how I'm changing my you know I'd love this woman over this woman or mm. some, you know something like that you know kind of change in story I, I suppose it's like a fork in the road. I don't watch enough musicals to really <laughs> fair enough <laughs> um I like singing in the rain yeah yeah because it's a good it's a great movie <laughs> That's just yeah. no. No one could yeah. argue against no. that. Mm, no one, not half no the people who were there, yeah, could argue against. Be, I mean, you know, Moses supposes toses are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously. Well, as long as we're able to make them laugh, yeah. that's all I really care about. Uh, uh, jokes so, like that are in this movie. <laughs> Good morning. I love all the fake anthems. Sylvania was really great, and Derek was singing "Rule Britannia," which was. Sylvania, rural mm -hmm. Sylvania. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought the, all the little anthems were cute. The music was nice. The ADR was a little off. The sync was a little weird. Dialogue mm. was a little off. Complete lack of sound in the one mirror that, sequence that was, was the interesting part. And I didn't mind, actually, to be honest, that lack of sound for just the overall mirror part. I think it's just at the end when the transition happened yeah. and it kept mm -hmm. the no sound going instead of kind of ramping in some room tone or background sound or something to transition us out of it. It was just really jarring. And you know, you, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I started fiddling with the fucking volume because I wasn't sure if things got fucked up. Once in a while, my neighbors will randomly take over my sound bar and it just like switches to whatever music they're trying to play through their iPod. So I thought there was some sort of shenaniganery going on there and started flipping and to no avail. Uh, it was very jarring, actually, that it goes down to absolute silence. Like... Definitely needed some room tone in yeah, there. Yeah, like, room tone, people. Room tone is important. Yeah. That, yeah and it would have been nice, a little background sound. Not a yeah, ton, but maybe a little wall. Yeah. Definitely some shuffling. Yeah, a little of the feet. But I was thinking a little wall that you could like tone down and muffle if it's if someone's outside the room giving you a little bit of an urgency to it. You know, yeah. maybe people are waiting on them or something. Well, know. when they did it in I Love Lucy, they had the laugh track. So yeah, that works that too. That filled it out. Yeah, whatever to fill out the silence, dude. Yeah. Just come on. Silence is yeah. deafening. Something. 
Anyways, the effects. I mean, Harpo is a walking, fully masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love it. Some of it is a little silly. I mean, the fades are a little tough. You know, they, they don't really fade them down at the right moment, so it feels very artificial. I really wish it was live. Um, yeah. Like the, I think he loses a step when he's dubbed. Um, I've seen him do his stuff like occasionally. And I, the only other times I've seen him, it has actually been his sounds. And I feel like there is, you know, that it comes from that vaudevillian thing, that like stage thing. There's like a more, a better comedic timing that is just missing when he's like, when the sounds are coming from elsewhere. He would need his own boom because because of his loud ass sounds. They wouldn't be able to mix him and Chico's dialogue or whatever if they're trying to get dialogue. (laughs) True. But, you know, they're kind of- And Groucho whispering things in between both of them in the background. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been soft. So, I mean, the sound is is what it is. You know, I'm not going to harp on it too much, to be honest. (laughs) Pun intended. Shut up, Sean. (laughs) Um, You know, one thing I do want to mention there, though- um, the, I think it was the first music number was really jarring. Um, first off, I didn't expect it to be a musical, but secondly, the sound transition when they go from the live onset sound to the pre-recorded sound, yeah. like literally just the level of the volume was nowhere near where it should have been. Yeah. And it was just a complete mismatch of like everything. It, it just felt Tough mixing, yeah. tough mixing tape in 1933. That's a difficult thing. True. I know. We always say it, but, <laughs> but, but we got we to gotta just judge the movie in front of us, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And that's the problem. But it also helps you understand the, the amazing strides that have come today in dialogue editing and the ways that we use room tone now, and it makes everything perfect and smooth, and we don't notice these problems. I suppose, but we didn't complain about any of these problems with Singing in the Rain. I mean- The dialogue editing was better. Yeah. It was, the, in a, it was 20 years after. Is it okay? It's fifty something, right? 50 what else have we watched in this? Um, fucking Harvey. We didn't have problems there. I, th- I forget. Maybe we did. <laughs> but but you're right that we didn't. I don't know. Mo- yeah, movie I'm, just, to movie. I'm just saying it's not the technology. Also, Paramount it's, was maybe shitty. Maybe they didn't have a lot true, of money. Yeah. You know, they were fucking bankrupt yeah. at this time. So their sound just mixers get it the fuck sucked, out there, and you know? we got to make something off this. Probably hired mm. some guy off Craigslist for like a hundred bucks an totally, hour. Yeah. You know, I didn't do a good job. A copy card and meal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Still probably waiting on that copy. Yeah, Derek, he wh- got a slice of pizza though. I, I mm-hmm. want to dig in a little here, Derek. T- mm-hmm. You know, let's forgive dig. me, but it's fine. Let's dig. Why don't you like musical numbers? <laughs> why do you hate joy? Um, well, in general, um, I would say that I don't. I find them to be the musical numbers to be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because. For one, they don't normally add to the story. Um, of course, I, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, like, I haven't seen the Les Miserables movie now, but I know that they, the the newer one, but I know that they sing like everything throughout the whole movie. I don't necessarily mean that I want that either. <laughs> so I I don't know. I think that it pulls me from it. it it's in a barrier for realism. Okay. Uh, and I mean, I, I understand a lot of people like these kinds of things. I'm, I'm more fine with these kinds of things in like animated films, for instance, Mm. if it's like an animated film, because I already am aware that it's, it's not real. It's, it's, I, I already have said, well, I'm going to go and see this non-real thing. I totally get it. That's like half Um, the reason the new Lion King sucks. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I don't, yeah. I think you're onto something. I think it's a uh, level of escapism. It's, yeah. yeah. Kind of, you know, it depends on the movies. Yeah. 
And 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 two, I think that so I guess even when I go to like say like when we were watching like Sound of Music, for instance, um We watched Sound some of, of music? the stuff or not Sound of Music, Singing whatever it was. That one. Mm. Or or Sound of Music. Either of Never those. Saw it. There's there's we'll like there. those times in between where they're not singing, where there's actually some good scenes and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we interrupt that. Yeah. And we pull me out of it. Sure. For this thing that you're going to show me, and I'm just counting the moments until it's over so that I can continue with the story that's going on. That's basically I totally the way it. I am. I think in my mind, maybe, and Sean, you're going to weigh out, hopefully, you know, fuck me. Sean, weigh in, please. Who, who cares what I have to say? <laughs> wow. I was yeah. just going to say, I think it it often feels like filler. So the the, yeah. the music numbers like feel like they are there kind of like I started out talking about this, like everything is just kind of plugged in, like we need to fill up some space. So let's throw in a musical number that'll take up like three minutes. Okay. Oh, we need another three minutes. Yeah. Throw in another musical number. Like yeah. it's just kind of a way to like I think, take a very yeah. nothing story and kind of add some time into it. I think it depends on the movie. And obviously some yeah. of them are definitely that. And I think there's a lot of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think in some ways it's almost like the attention span back then wasn't quite what we were we're, we're really we're not used to. You know, yeah. they're yeah. not used to seeing a Tarkovsky movie, Derek. They haven't sat for true. Not just I'm sorry. Not it could be any thinker movie, oh, that's a, whatever. Nolan. That's a good. That's a good example. Sorry, Tarkovsky. That's a fine example. A two-hour movie where they have to literally just sit and think about a very deep subject. And fill the passage of time. They're not, I mean, they're used yeah. to vaudeville. They're used to musicals. They're used to big ass numbers where everything is huge. You know, Groucho Marx's mustache is insane. Every, all the facial expressions are in huge and exaggerated. So I think that the musical numbers do help in <laughs> breaking up their attention and keeping it lively and like, yeah. oh, you know, now we can change our, I don't know, our focus. And no doubt I, I like it, it serves as an escapism kind of thing too, because you do, yeah. you don't have to, like, I, I can imagine. So with this particular movie that we just watched i can imagine that if it was groucho the entire time doing his bit the whole movie your brain would be numb because it's just so much yeah so much like joke 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 yeah that you do need a break from that you do need some sort of filler i think that they personally actually have that with those other characters they have it with harpo they have it with with even chico with it's it's different enough that that they don't really need, like these yeah. numbers are funny. Like the first number is kind of funny. So I get that because yeah. they're like doing this big fanfare of him coming in and just come in. But some of the other ones, it's just kind of like it, again, pulls me out of what's going yeah. on really. And it feels like filler. So like a hat on a hat. Yeah. I get it. I, I You're right. I think at some point it is just habit for these studios at this point mm-hmm. it's just like oh, mm-hmm. I'll throw a musical number in there oh yeah we have to have a musical number in there it's a movie right it's almost like we <laughs> kind of evolved past that and Bollywood never did so like well uh, I mean it, it's it, a little okay sorry I, go on I mean just from a structural standpoint like m- almost all Bollywood movies still follow that still that very you know rigid um sort of musical structure of like this is it's not really a movie unless people are singing and dancing at some point. Sure. People aren't going to want to pay to go to the theater unless there's a big spectacle on the screen. Regardless of what the story is, there better be a lot of colors and there better be twirling or, you know, it's well, not a real movie. And my understanding is, I and I mean, this may have changed, but at least like 
seven, eight years ago when people like when they would go and watch a Bollywood movie in like India, mm-hmm. they will like when a musical number starts, sometimes they'll get up and That's they'll the like go in. Yeah. And they'll go, they'll leave, they'll get yeah. like food and then they'll come back in and they'll be like eating food. They'll be talking to their friends. They like, they don't yeah. necessarily pay attention to That's that. That's the commercial break. It's kind of like a commercial break in the, and those, a lot of those movies are like three hours, three yeah. and a half hours, some of them. Um, but I mean, I think that, it was a different type of experience. It's, their culture has now built around yeah, that. Yeah. So it's, well, I guess yeah. my question is, do you think our culture was more like that then? What, like, it's possible. In 1933, when people sat down th- to watch this, you know, and did I they think, just start having a conversation during the musical number? Yeah, I think so, because because film had not formed yet as so its own thing. So that's what they would thing. have done in vaudeville, right? Yeah, film had not, yeah, so film had not formed as its own thing. So it's kind of sharing these things and it's still trying to find itself. It's kind of like video games these days, right? Mm. Where like probably like 30, 40 years from now, it's going to be completely different. Yeah, everything will be standardized. Um, and yeah, sort of, and like yeah. there will be, you know, and, and to look back on that, they'll probably look at our games now and be like, what, 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 what were they doing? What are these things? Like yeah. what is strafing? What is all <laughs> these yeah. kinds of nonsensical things in games? Um, and it's because... It's because like each, it's always that iteration, right? Where the, where the thing is new. And so it borrows from all the other art forms and then it hopefully eventually finds its own footing, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Has it yet? Film? (laughs) I don't know. I, I feel like we've seen examples of people treating the art form differently. And we've seen in a lot of these movies, like we'll see like a scene or two scenes or something where you're like, just like, wow, this could not exist in anything else, you know? And that's Mm. across almost all these movies that we've seen. Um, And of course, still with the man escaped, we had this kind of different thing, which couldn't, that could never be a play or anything else really, you know, uh, it is its own sort of thing. So we have like, kind of like the formations of that yeah. uh, beginning. And I think that eventually they get to what the idea is. And then, uh, and then I, I'm not sure what exactly we're getting these days. We're uh, getting cats. Yeah. I don't, we're getting cats. Yeah. yeah. We're, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting, we're getting millions of dollars of motion capture yeah. to make it look like someone's wearing a skin tight cat suit. Sean, right. that's goddamn entertainment. <laughs> it You'll accept it, and it doesn't add anything, does no. it? It instead uh, it 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 subtracts. Yeah, it there's subtracts. no reason they couldn't do that with practical makeup and just you know, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sound like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and I think that there's this whole thing where, like, uh, I saw like Warner Herzog talking about this, where this day and age, like, because you know he did this Fitzcarraldo thing where he drug this giant. He had like people drag this giant steamboat ship thing across uh, across land, and it actually he actually had them do this in the movie. Hmm. Um, and he's he talks about these days like people don't know to trust; they can't trust their eye anymore. Hmm. You see something in a movie, you can't trust that that really happened. Right. So you see these old th- older movies, and you see like, wow, how did they do that? How they accomplish that? It seems so much more like an achievement, like yeah. a feat. 
and because, because you know it's real off is just bullshit yeah. Yeah. effects i yeah. um i witnessed this recently because i showed my young class of what you know 19 20 21 year olds buster keaton harold lloyd shit mm. you know really old stunts yeah and they were looking at i even showed them that stunt from stagecoach with, with you know when he's jumping from horse to horse everything they're not supposed to be doing yeah, basically. I did pretty much. I did. I did. Let's be honest. I did turn to a safety discussion. Yeah, I told him about not you know recording sound in the trunk of a car. That yeah, kind of thing. but this then you also awesome. don't do any of this. Yeah. You guys were born at the wrong time. Exactly. You yeah. should have been born 30, 40 years ago. Real men break ribs. That's it. That was pretty much what I was telling them. Police this, story. You, you guys it. are all wimps compared to these real dudes back then. No, I, the thing is, I just I think they all saw it and immediately identified with it because yeah. they knew it was real. Yep. And when you look at it and you just know it's real, that's a different layer. It takes away the veneer of art, if you will. Or well, that's the appeal of jackass. Mm -hmm. And like, sure. at what point does that actually become art? <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's a weird sort of like, uh, there, I would there, say it is art, but I, you might, well, you will not. You know, oh, not. Dude, that, nothing is art in my I mind. Know, I, <laughs> I mean, that is like, uh, it's performance art, but mind. yeah, it's definitely something that is, I think an answer because it is something that is needed. You know, that's why like all of these, you know, YouTubers with their real life pranks and whatnot are something that people are interested in because yeah. it is real. It is mm. an actual thing that's actually happening and not this contrived bullshit that is pretty much all we get these days. Yeah. I experienced this recently. Well, let's not talk about this. No, oh. I'm under an NDA. I can't talk about oh, this. Off okay. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. One of the YouTubers basically, uh, I was on set. One of the YouTubers kind of grabbed my boom and I experienced this kind of ridiculousness of his fame, of his fame, like the way that we were treating a, fam a famous person. Basically, he was allowed to do whatever he wanted and everyone was treating him. No like, one touches my fucking boom. He grabbed my, all right, this is, we can't talk about this. <laughs> he grabbed my boom. Did you punch I, him? I was about to grab it from him, but I, didn't, I was on camera. Jesus. Actually, to be honest, I, I told Joey, if he had punched him, that that actually probably would have been exactly what he wanted oh, because honestly if you do stuff like that yeah. like yeah. that gets that gets that yeah. gets it's all about getting attention yeah. Yeah. negative no attention press, yeah. positive attention but negative actually draws Sometimes more attention it's, better, yeah. Yeah. it's totally true and 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 I wasn't I didn't understand it at first I was like mm. why is this dude popular and now I, you're right I get it it's it's simply making a fuss, making it wherever you go, whether it's positive or negative, you know, yeah. doing a prank for the sake of doing a prank, you know, whether it's evil or not, it's just doing a prank, you know, which is, I guess, you know, get, get your clicks, get, you know, get your lulls. I yeah. sound like a really old man. But I, I think kind of going back to our discussion here, I think this is actually, you know, the, um, the, the sort of other end of the spectrum or like what we get as sort of uh, a reaction to making everything so fake these days. Yeah. Like, I don't think that, you know, back 50, 60 years ago, people were looking to staple their nuts to their thigh, um, you know, as much as kids are today looking for something that is just actually real. But I do think in some ways, the Marx Brothers are outrageous in those ways. Yeah. The, even for the 1933, clearly they were very... I don't know. This was not very popular when it came out. People were just shocked by some of the shit. Mm. I mean, Groucho was saying some shit. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. we talked yeah. about how some of his stuff was inappropriate for our time, but I wonder how some of that was received in 1933. I mean, he did do a very racist joke, which I wasn't quite, mm. we didn't understand at first. Yeah. 
I mean, there's a lot of those that are really. Well, the, the other one we had to look up was the uh, the joke about washing your neck. Right. Um, mm. well, you, apparently, you looked it up and it was about like getting ready to be hung or something. Or decapitated Decap- or the guillotine or whatever. Gotcha. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, basically, Groucho was saying, you know, drop dead, but he's not, but you forget he's a dictator. Yeah. So, saying yeah. that to someone yeah, is right. a death sentence. Uh, so, like, we're all laughing, ha ha ha, wash your neck. But he's like, yeah, he just, Stalin just told this dude to go to the gulags. So that other it's, one was taken out for the tea. The other one, the other one that's definitely bad, uh, was taken out for for television. Apparently, oh, the other joke. Yeah, yeah. the um about the and I saw like somewhere like somebody was saying it was a satirical. The song was satirical, um, but then there's no recorded instance of it being performed in a satirical fashion. Mm. So it's just a racist song. And he's referencing it at the time because it's popular. And that's, I guess, the reason why he references it in the movie. But it does like go like, it it makes you go, oh my God. And you pause the thing now and you, you like, it, it I almost- I wasn't sure what he said at first. That, that's how crazy it was. But go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's because like it's, the lines that lead to it don't mean anything really. Like it is a- an out of place reference as far as you guys saw, right? Like there it, is, yeah. I didn't quite get it. There's no, yeah, the there's no headstrong, uh, headstrong and Armstrong were the two names yeah, yeah, before that, reference. which apparently have no relation whatsoever to that. I, I thought it's maybe only that because was it's like a rhyme or something, maybe, but, that's, no. but they're not. Yeah. No. I don't, I didn't get it's it. It's like, cause it's uh, like a rhyme or something on, I, I don't know. It's really odd. It's a really odd joke. It's an it's odd unnecessary. Joke, it was too. actually like a, a hammer joke. It was like one of the final ones before they cut to a different scene. Yeah. So it was yeah. one of Groucho's, you know, final yeah, yeah, line one. You yeah. know, so that was surprising because you know he doesn't have a ton of those. He's got you know five to ten of those, and those mm-hmm. are big ones. Those are his hammers. So I don't know. That was I don't know. Whatever. We just didn't get it. And it was racist and blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's right? 1933. Racism happens. It was more than just happen. Yeah, it it happened a lot. So television would have been when, like, about probably 30, no. 40 years after this. Oh no, uh, television 20s? was 50s? like. Oh, I thought 50s? television was way earlier than that. 60s? I thought television was late forties. Late forties, I think. Um, I mean, are we talking about the invention of television? We're talking like, like like when people had them in their homes and could watch this. I think maybe. it was fifties when, when everyone came had enough money to buy one. Okay. You know, they probably were invented in the late forties, my guess. But people didn't really have them all in their homes until like 55, 56, okay. 57. Well, they took it out for that, so that tells you that twenty years later, at least sentiment oh, wow, has kind Early. of altered. What, it was invented in 27, but 27? I'm looking for more. Oh, uh, yeah. And my guess is they were not putting them to use in World War II. I don't remember anything in World War II with them. Yeah. I just remember them from Fallout 4. <laughs> okay. This is devolved. <laughs> um, okay. So we were going to go to cast it today. I, I don't really know how to do this because how the fuck do you cast Marx Brothers today? We, well, Zeppo's easy. Okay, Zeppo, Zeppo is Good easy. Call. Start with the easy ones, work our way up to the hard yeah. ones. Zeppo is, okay. Um, Go ahead. Bradley Cooper or oh, any random I was going to say Joseph dude. Gordon-Levitt. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, uh, what's that guy's name? Mark Strong? Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Mark Strong? Mark Strong? I think it's Mark Strong. I was going to say Mark Duplass, maybe. Average um, white guy. Yeah, just any random white dude. Yeah. Um, uh, who's J.J. Uh, Abrams' little bitch? Um, fucking Grunberg. <laughs> <laughs> He's in every movie. Uh, Mark, Mark Strong. 
Actually, it, he's a little oh, yeah, he's looking, good. looking a little older. He's good. But oh, but yeah. you put a piece on him look, and we're still good. Mark Strong. Yeah. What, what, what is he in? Can he sing? He's in a lot of stuff. He was in he was a uh, Moriarty in those bad Sherlock Holmes movies. You know, uh, he's in Kingsman. This. Oh, oh right he's good on. in Kingsman. Okay, yeah. Kingsman, gonna, he's in guys, Shazam. I'm gonna pick Hugh Jackman because yeah. I want I want a good oh, voice Hugh. for Zeppo. You know, that, that, that changes the movie. Okay. You know, if he's good, I want I Hugh Jackman is more powerful than Zeppo. Well, it's, yeah. an, it's an overcast, excuse me. Yeah, no, no. I think I think Jackman might be like Groucho Harpo. Harpo. Mm. He's capable of a lot. Um, I'm thinking Clooney as um as uh uh Groucho. Okay. Groucho. Not yeah. bad. He I he's gonna be a little bit more face acting, but I think he's gonna uh, I think he could do it. I, I'm thinking like the old brother where thou yeah, Clooney. That's, like that's, it's yeah. that like mug into the camera sort of thing. You gotta Clooney. be physical too. You gotta yeah, be able yeah. to kind of be like spongy and you know, slippery and his his whole mannerisms are really great, Groucho. You know, just the way his like posture is and the way he walks around with his baggy pants. I don't know. It's just yeah. this whole thing. It's very it's very difficult for a lot of actors to do. Mm. Oh, the uh, the vendor. I did write it down. It took me forever to decipher my handwriting, but I believe the vendor should be uh, John C. Riley. That's good. Okay, that's a fantastic that. choice, yeah. Sean. I agree. I could see that. What about the vendor's wife? Ooh, the vendor's bit wife. Part, bit um, part. Yeah, any very, random very small hot bit chick. part. Um, yeah. Derek, just pick your favorite Italian or French actress. Yeah. Monica Vitti. Sure. <laughs> your favorite. Is, is this a dead actress? No, she's still alive. But she's still alive. <laughs> too, old, too old for the part. I'm going to pick Olivia de Havilland. Okay. To say okay. her name and because okay. she is still alive and because... Because we were talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not an Emma. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the Emmas would be okay too, yeah, I guess. Yeah. The Emmas are yeah. always fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sean, let's move on to you. And you're going to talk to us about how this movie looked uh, on camera. Wide. It's wide. Wide. Is it? <laughs> it's a wide, wide movie. Yeah. I think our big picture guy would say that it wasn't as big of a picture as we've seen. Well, the aspect ratio wasn't wide, but the lens choices were. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, you know, standard comedy plays mostly in wides and twos. Um, there's a lot of like push in on the wide. So it gave us a lot of like weird jump cuts. And it felt like a lot of this stuff was like, eh, we'll film the wide on Tuesday and we'll go punch in for close ups on Thursday. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> um, True. It, just, it all felt like very disjointed and like different film stocks. Um, I would maybe say that's because we always have to talk about the cobbled together nature of, you know, putting together these old films and finding good um good versions and different reels but i mean just where these weird cuts were it really just it felt like that's you know how they shot it so just kind of like whatever film stock was lying around or you know whatever they happened to be running out of and shoot the rest of like isos were changing and grain was changing and like Every shot was a little bit different, but you know, whatever. It's a wide yeah. shot, and then we'll kind of push in on this like kind of wide shot that doesn't really match at all, and we don't really care about matched action, and it's just going to go from a wide to a two anyway. Okay, that's what it looked like. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't have much else to say. Obviously, but I think I, I thought it looked fine. It looked nice, like a normal, like you said, an average movie from that era. Yeah, the comedy it's looked like comedy. everything. It's you know um, pre uh, Desi Lu, um, you know 
a predecessor to Desilu sort of um, uh, flat lighting and you know, just big, broad comedy wide shots. Right. I was impressed with some of these shots in the big musical numbers, just the, you know, the big, like kind of moves. I was more impressed with like, I guess, choreography of things sure. and like framing of things. But yeah, um, I, don't, I mean, I, I was impressed with the size of the stages they were using. You know, it was like- Yeah, the, I think overall you're right, just the mise-en-scene of it. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the production design, the sets, that's yeah. really the best parts. You know, it's not necessarily the lighting of the camera movements. It, it really is kind of just what they're putting on frame. Exactly. The yeah. costumes are fucking great. Yeah. Really yeah. are. I just the different changes that he yeah, goes through. The, the Weird Al level of costume changing. Like, For sure. If you've ever gone to a Weird Al concert, you know how many times he changes outfits and- uh, uh, Groucho gives him a run for his money in this one. Yeah. I, uh, interestingly enough, I guess this wasn't the first instance of the mirror scene. Yeah, on I film. didn't think so. Uh, apparently Harold Lloyd, what? Harold wow. Lloyd did it in 1919 in the marathon, basically so is the this same like, routine. Is, is this a, a vaudeville routine that is like a, like standard classic? Is this like, you know, a, a big band classic number guess, that we just kind of all play. I, I guess so. Like I just always assumed thing. it was a Marx Brothers specific routine, yeah. but that is again, not. due to my I Love Lucy correlation. Yeah, I guess I think not. there was a lot of sharing back then mm. of, of numbers and routines. And I stuff. mean, that makes total sense when you're doing vaudeville, you know, yeah. you're never going to be in this town again. So if you steal something from this performer, we're going to right. different areas of the country. So yeah. who the fuck cares? I don't, I don't know about patent law back then. I don't know how good it was. Well, even today, there's no. that's why like stand-up comedians are so protective right. of joke stealing because there's nothing protecting you. Right. It is literally just, you know, an honor system. Yeah, I Which agree. I also think that most comedians are way too precious about that bullshit. You know, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> Sean, you just want to be able to steal jokes from people. I know your memo. It's called cover comedy, Joey. Tribute comedy. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're just pretending to be George Carlin. Yeah. Yes, I'll remember Mitch Hedberg. All right, let's do a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> let's do other people's jokes. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. could be, a, I think you'd be funny as a, as a Mitch as Hedberg a cover. Comedian. cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> All right. Um, the escalator can never be broken. Is it time for... And we temporarily become stairs. See, I can't even pull that one off. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. No, it was the bad I mean, delivery. Clearly there's a joke in there somewhere. It's funny though, because they'll laugh at you. I need more heroin. Mm. Dark. <laughs> that went that went yeah, that went places. <laughs> but sometimes dark comedy uh works. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's called Guess the Oscar Picks. For now. I thought I'd just let it play. I don't know. I didn't really yeah, introduce it's it. Good. I don't it's know. good. I thought it'd be a nice little transition You're there. You talking over yourself is yeah, kind of weird anyway. It is weird. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to guess the Oscar Picks from 1933, guys. The top four of them. You know, the big four. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. It's only two of you guys, so you know. It's Do it. Not a big one here. Best actor. What was that? Listening to my own echo? Yeah, I mean, just best, loud. Best Best actor. Wow, Best really actor. Echoing all over the place. Sorry. Jim. Okay, we have Leslie Howard for Berkeley Square, Paul Mooney, I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, or Charles Lawton, The Private Life of Henry VIII. Jesus, only There's three? only three? There's only three. Oh, yeah, this is only a few years into the thing, It's really though. interesting. Three. Okay, mm. give, give, 
Leslie Howard okay. for Berkeley Square, Paul Mooney for I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, and Charles Lawton for The Private Life of Henry VIII. I'm going to go Charles Lawton. I'm going to go number one. Leslie Howard? Yeah, sure. The answer is Charles Lawton. Yeah. Derek takes that point. Wow. All right. The next three nominees for Best Actress, we have Diana Win- Winyard for Cavalcade, Catherine Hepburn, Morning Glory, or Mae Robson, Lady for a Day. Catherine Hepburn. Cavalcade. The answer is Catherine Hepburn mm. for Morning Glory. Derek takes two. I, that was the only name I recognized. So, I so far we've gone obvious. over. She has four Oscars. So far we have covered two of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, she's got a lot of nominations. Do you so. only know the Oscars of attractive females from the 1930s? I didn't. It's a <laughs> specialty. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. I, I don't find Catherine Hepburn attractive. Mm. I find her fascinating. Damn sexy. No, oh. I find her super fascinating and like an incredible person. Mm. That's a, a different thing. He reads the articles. Her. Jesus Christ. No, I watched the. I watched her with Barbara Walters. If you've never seen that interview, it's pretty incredible. Mm. Like uh, basically how um, how uh, uh, Barbara Walters says something to the effect of like, "Hey, um, so." Uh, what do you think about acting? And she basically says it's lying is all it is. Mm. And she's like, I don't think I'm that good of one or whatever. And then she was like, uh, she was like, well, in this one, you showed really emotion. You started to cry. And she's like, yes, that's so they would know I was sad. <laughs> I love her. Like, wow. she's, so incre- she's incredible. That is like incredible. the Ian McKellen thing. Yeah. 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 Like Ricky yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh my God. So what I do is on the day I, I act <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'm that character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's very good very advice. Good. Okay. Uh, next category is best director. Mm. We have Frank Lloyd, Cavalcade, Frank Capra, Lady for a Day, or George Cukor for Little Women. George Cukor. Frank. Which, <laughs> come on, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I don't, you don't realize this, but you're doing a very funny joke right now <laughs> because what happened actually at that awards was they did that. The dude said, come on up, Frank. And Frank Both Capra <laughs> went on up and took the award when in fact it was the other Frank. Oh, wow. And then the other Frank felt so bad that he was like, hey, George Cukor, come on up as well. So all three of them went all up three on of stage. Them. That's, yep. Wow. That's but pretty incredible. Moonlight shit there. That's, but yeah. the answer was Frank Lloyd. Mm, Frank Lloyd. That's Sorry, what I said. I, yeah, I know. I cut you off before you answered. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Now we get to the outstanding production, the best mm. picture, gentlemen. And we have a lot here, not just three. We have Smiling Through, State Fair, She Done Him Wrong, The Private Life of Henry VIII, Lady for a Day, Little Women, Cavalcade, A Farewell to Arms, I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, and 42nd Street. Jeez. Farewell to Arms. I'm going to go um, Little Women here. The answer is Cavalcade. Mm. Cavalcade. Yep. Derek wins. Guess so. Please clap. Appropriate. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Jeb. It's called Guess the Oscar Picks. For now. Toothy. 
<laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> I think we all know, though, that Derek is the Jeb Bush of the podcast. Oh, wow. Is that true? That's mean. Jeb Bush? What, what does sorry. that even mean? Sorry, sorry. What does that even mean? That wasn't nice. It's not good. I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's an insult regardless. That's not nice. It was just because you said, please clap. That's yeah, all. There's no good way to take that. Yeah. He's low energy, Jeb. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Derek is slowly pl- I, plotting I plead the fifth on, on Jeb. <laughs> His little brother's going to screw him out of a job. On Jeb. Fair enough. Um, gentlemen, we come to the time where we can ask for any uh, miscellaneous or oh. errata, any other topics you guys want to bring up, anything we missed. What do you think, gentlemen? Groucho cutting shit off. Um, there was one that I loved. All the others were just kind of weird. Um, so, mm. Oh, you mean Harpo, Harpo cutting. cutting shit off. Sorry. Scissors. Yeah, yeah. So he just had that big pair of scissors with, and he would like randomly cut things off. It was kind of amusing once in a while. The one that I thought was actually wonderful and I wish he could have done more of was when he pulled out the pocket, cut the guy's pocket off, and used that to hold the peanuts. Like To me, that was like how that gag really should be used. All the rest of it just was like an insane, inane nonsense just for the sake of being weird and wacky. But that was like actually having some like character motivation behind it. Like that made me feel like he was like, you know, sort of some impish kid that was just wandering through the universe and taking at will whatever the fuck he wanted. That, you know, gave it a little bit more of a thing rather than just some dude that was fucking with random things. Yeah, they missed the opportunity at the end of the movie for him to like take off his coat and just all the stuff that yeah, he cuts off of falls out or something, yeah. or something, you know. Well, we see his tools. To I mean, we know what he's working with. Wait, but what yeah, is he so working for? But why? Yeah. Why What's is he, he doing? Why is he playing the horns? No, no. All no. the shit that he cuts off. Like yeah. he should have oh. been making something with that. Oh, I that see what you're like saying. That should have played into like, good point. you know, have a, uh, a payoff. A payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. No, I, I actually agree. That's a good point. Um, Maybe it's a pillow and he smothers the woman at the end with yeah, it. Yeah, something. Mm. <laughs> it goes thinking. real dark. Wow. Mm-hmm. Real then, dark at the end. But, but hey, pre-code, take advantage of that. You know, come on. You're, you're away Should've from having more. that fucking haze on you. So Shit. speaking of the code, I wanted to mention the one moment where they they kind of alluded to sex, where they kind of panned from, where they basically went to bed together. The, the you know, oh, the, the bestiality. The, yeah, and they panned from the man's shoes to the woman's well, shoes, even before to the horse's hooves. Yeah. I mean, the horse's hooves, the horse, horseshoes. Horseshoes. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, that was wonderful. And then they panned up, and then they were in bed with. He was in bed with the horse. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I'm sorry, were you about to... No, I was just going to say, even before that, there was like that weird moment, the the precursor scene to that, where he sees a girl getting undressed through the window and decides to just go into the bedroom. And then like, you think there's going to be this weird sort of um, rape scene happen. And then it cuts to the husband coming home. And then all of a sudden she's like, hide, hide, my husband's coming home. And it's like this weird sort of like... Well, maybe she just doesn't want shenanigans but it was a random like a random dude walked into her house and she was obviously scared and then the next time we see her she's totally cool with it yeah but it's harpo you know okay but either way yes then we know him sean he's a good guy i just thought that was weird but he just has some weird habits leading into bestiality i don't know you know where you're gonna i don't know if it's bestiality quite sleeping in the same bed with a horse it was it's platonic sean why did they have their shoes off joey you know what sometimes you don't you don't sleep with your shoes on don't sleep with your horse i don't think yeah you just don't sleep in a bed with a horse to begin with 
You know what? Maybe the horse was a little bit scared of like lightning or you know, thunder. Sorry. <laughs> was there and, another horse? Of course. Mm. Of course. Mm. Yeah. Just jokes like that. It's in this movie. <laughs> This is why I kind of like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking all dad jokes. Shall we see what other people think about this movie? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So I've got a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, insightful reviews that I found. Uh, One is from uh, a guy named San Van uh, Hallgren. He's on, uh, he's on uh, the, the uh, letterboxed and he gave this film three out of five stars. Mm. And he says, He has a quote, so I'm doing air quotes. Uh Uh-oh. Quote. Quote, uh, I can't even say how much I loved it. I loved it that much. That's from his Uh. seven-year-old. Oh, okay. Quote from himself. Yeah, that was funny. Him unconvincing. (laughs) So, the suggestion that, again, kids like it. Yeah. Other people don't. Yeah, yeah. I got a half-star review from Uh the Barefoot Bandit who really gives it to this film. Uh, He says, these four chuckle fucks spend a little over an hour dishing out bad jokes while mugging at the camera, begging (laughs) the viewer to laugh at their asshole antics. Mm -hmm. Not a single joke lands. It's an eye-rolling stand-up routine with some sets thrown into the background while which only serves to highlight the unrelenting flow of flat-lined one-liners and stupid gags, inventiveness of the uh, anarchic comedic form? I'm not giving credit for prototypical bad comedy. Okay. This guy is way too proud of his thesaurus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I see going. what he's trying to say. Okay. Just he's a little bit snobby. He's too pretentious for comedy. Yeah, like, that's the truth. Yeah. Next one-star review. Uh-oh. Uh, Meshi Shay. Meshi Shay. Yeah. They should have called this movie Four Dumb Assholes Who Make Outdated Dad Jokes That Don't Even Make Sense. That's accurate. That's fair. Uh, I don't think they were outdated at the time, though. Yeah. No. So, dad jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's this, a common theme. This had me wondering if maybe somebody who's a dad might give this film 10 out of 10 stars. Mm. So there was a guy who did. Mm. Uh, My dad. He said that uh, basically I've been watching this fifth, uh, I've been watching this for the past five to 10 years and I evaluate a film by its ability to captivate my senses regardless of how many times I've seen it. Duck Soup does this. Though this film freaked the general public out when it was released because of the political and economic situation at the time, this film stands as probably the greatest political lampoon of all time, uh, which was why people were upset for they didn't think such lampooning was at all funny. Incidentally, if you want to see some other political masterpieces, see Dave or Gandhi. Uh, <laughs> right. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's masterpieces. A, that's a spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gandhi arguably is. You know, I think that's on the AFI list and yeah. shit. Like Dave, fucking Dave. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, it's enjoyable. See King Ralph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I mean, Dave did shape a bit of my political views, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a masterpiece. Yeah. It's also not very realistic. Yep. Are you also, sure? There's doubles of everyone. Did you just see Arrested Development? He also ends asking if uh, you guys think that uh, Chico was wearing a uh, hairpiece or not. 
I think they all were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everybody was. I don't think yeah. anyone had their real hair in this movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yep. So that's all I got for those. Mm. All right. Um, I guess let's let's go down to our final pass here, Sean. Do you got anything else you're looking at your notes, I see? Oh, um, other really random fucking bit in this movie when uh fucking Harpo is showing off his tattoos. Um, first off, the the gag that uh he shows his own picture or a tattoo of himself as ID is fucking fantastic. <laughs> that was, yeah, That's right. like some Steve O shit there. Um <laughs> but the uh, uh he has the the naked woman tattoo or the dancing woman tattoo, which mm-hmm. uh stolen from Pete by Pete and Pete. Um but the uh the piece de resistance is the doghouse that cuts to an actual live dog barking out of weird. his chest. Fucking weird as shit for so 1933. Weird. Like even just kind of technically like that was kind of an achievement, but yeah, uh, it's, you know, uh, fucking weird. I think it's, it, I liked it. Cause it's just like Harpo is magic. You know, yeah. Harpo is not of this world. Totally. He, no. he is able to do things that are not explainable. He's just a magician. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. You just yeah. got to accept it. That's all. Yeah. I don't know. I loved it. I, I, I thought that was funny. And it was weird. You're right. It, I was taken aback. Anywho, um, anything else, Sean? Okay. Let's go to our final reviews. What's up, Sean? Oh, no. I just, oh, one other funny moment I wanted to, um, at the end when um, the fucking uh, um, the general of war or the whatever overseer of war comes in, I think it's, is it Chico? Yeah. Um, he punches a time clock. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was that was great. That was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says he's only working for you because he's got like he's got vacation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was working for the other side. It's yeah. so fucking yeah. yeah. Very strange love. I'm sorry, and, I, and I did love actually, you know, there was a lot of subtle commentary when they were going to war. They all showed the old men, you know, the old oh, men yeah, in their yeah. uniforms. And then who did they send out there? Fucking Harpo. Yeah. And 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 it was such a great line. I forget what it was, but it was like, you go out there, risk your life and limb and shot and shell, and we'll just chill here in the in the, in the house. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, wow, very, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was exactly. obviously isolationist time period, you know, yeah. pre, you know, pre-World War II, where we did not want to get involved anymore after World War One. But it was interesting. I and mean, it's a very, you know, generational, I mean, obviously, uh, universal commentary about war, about yeah. how it's just, you know, old old, old man's war, young, young man's fight. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It was good. It was, it was very subtle. And uh, again, I think that's why you can come back to this. And that's why that dad loved the dad jokes and could come back to this mm-hmm. and you know, could see it a bunch of times. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to our final reviews. That's true. There's definitely layers here. So like seeing it as a seven-year-old is different than sure, seeing it correct. as a 40-year-old. That's why yeah. I think, again, not comparing it to the quality of, but a Pixar movie yeah, in that yeah. sense that it has the levels. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Final reviews. Mm. Five times. Yeah, that's right. Final, final, final reviews. Yep. Final, final, final. Uh, final answer. Derek. Final export. Let's, uh, let's go to you. Okay. So I'm going to give this a seven out of 12. Mm. Okay. Wow, yeah. it's actually um, higher than expected. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's got it's comedic moments. Um, I mean, that's a little over half. That's over fifty percent. Yeah. as all is still <laughs> for the numbers. But I still um, thought you would have gone negative more than positive. Negative? No, I I again like I see why you know um, I see that this inspired a lot of things. Mm. So for that, simply it it has that kind of watchability. I don't know that it's completely necessary to watch it. I will say that being 68 minutes 
it's almost like, well, at that amount of time, you can easily fit it in to I, your lifespan, honestly, possibly. At, at 68 minutes, it seemed long to me. It seemed long. <laughs> yeah. I agree that it seems long, but but I, it seems uh, you feel more the passage of time, Sean, is what I'm saying. So a life lived feeling more the passage of time is actually a good life, right? Because it feels, feels much longer than it actually is. Yes. Anyway, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, but I mean, there, there's some good moments. I still like, I, I don't know. And maybe 10 years from now, I'll, I'll say that I, I like Groucho better than Chico, but I kind of like Chico better right now. Okay. And I never, never knew that before this <laughs> ever, but I just, I just know that now. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. You, Derek, you've seen this one before, right? Yeah. Like, a, I can't remember how long ago. Okay. But, um, and you've seen other Marx Brothers movies too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, I remember, I think as a kid, I watched like a lot of these. Um, Did your parents put them on? Yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad, uh, my dad liked, uh, well, he liked the stuff of like Buster Keaton and the stuff of like Marx Brothers and stuff. Um and Chaplin, uh, so I watched a lot of that. Nice. I didn't. I didn't discover Harold Lloyd until much later. Hmm. He didn't. For some reason, that one all he always kind of slips through the cracks. Oh yeah, I and you have never to discover him. Lloyd. You almost have to discover him on your own, which yeah. is kind of weird. Um, because because even though he did found a lot of like he he made a lot of movies that were like you you watch them and you're like wow this is probably the first time anybody's ever done that you know. Mm. Um, he still isn't up there with like Buster Keaton and, and Chaplin or the Marx brothers, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll watch safety last one of these days. Well, Probably should. Maybe last. Um, you, I'm going to, we're going to show him, but I just want to quickly say that definitely. I feel like that dad, it's kind of a dad film. I know yeah, that it sounds, is. it's yeah. got the dad jokes yeah. and it's something that a dad can watch with his son or daughter and they can laugh and he can laugh on different levels. And then eventually they grow up and they kind of show it. To, so I think right. I, can, I can see that because my dad showed this to me. I'm going to be honest with you. But, so yeah. what's your rating? Yeah, I might as well. Uh, my rating is, uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of 10 actually. Wow. Ooh. Somewhat higher than normal because it is, I don't know. I found myself laughing. I found myself giggling at a few of Groucho's shit. There's a few parts that are good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Definitely. I know it's not PC uh, in many moments and the plot is fucking all over the place and it doesn't really make sense, but whatever, who cares? But I think that to, to be honest, for me, a comedy, I come back to this a lot, is that it, it does, do the jokes land? Does it make you laugh? It made me laugh. It made me laugh a lot. So uh, it's fun. It's a little silly. And it did make me think about the absurdity of government, the absurdity of a, a hearing where <laughs> where Groucho asks about new business and old business. Yeah. There's just funny, great shit in there. There's little moments that you can latch onto. So even though it's not a perfect movie for sure, uh, it's it's definitely a quick, you know, it, it does feel a little long for 68, but I still think it's a good, you know, you can put it on, you know, wash your dishes, pay attention yeah. to some of it, listen to some of the jokes, and it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah, I think this is one of the rare times where we kind of all agree. I think I like put it just barely to the happy side of the ledger. ledger. Mm, yeah. So I'd put it, you know, somewhere around three stars. Um, I was debating between two and a half and three stars. It's uh, not a great movie, but I definitely laughed out loud more than I expected to. Um, as we said, a lot of the jokes fall flat. There's some blatantly uh, uncool shit. Right. Um, but 
very few compared to some of the other movies we've seen. So, That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's uh, comparatively a little bit more woke. But um, although yeah. there are no minorities in this cast, really, there's the one Spanish woman. That's true. But again, I'm pretty, yeah, whatever. It's a weird note to end on. <laughs> but it, we have to judge it at the stupid historical scale, blah, 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 blah. Right, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, there was that one dude that was like the king of something that was wearing the turban. So. And then they gave him the and music. And they gave him yeah. that music that was... <laughs> To be fair, everyone entering in that scene got their music, though. So there was a little you're number right. associated You're right. With Sylvania each, got their music yeah. in this and country. All those, and if he, they weren't all just shades of white, they would be equally racist. Yeah. Uh, okay. he, he got he got foreign-person music. That's what it was. I suppose. That's yeah, what it, more so than what anyone. What it meant. Well, speaking yeah. of such... All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. Um, next week, Sean, do you have a, a pick? I'm, I'm assuming you don't. This was kind of a surprise. Uh, yeah, if it is up to me, we're going to do Bedtime for Bonzo. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> I think that actually, probably next week, we may actually get to see... You guys see, are just going to postpone uh, shoot, forever. Shoot Grace. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Ballad of a Soldier. Us. Right on. Uh, if Tim is back. Um, so we'll get to skip on that phenomenally loved Bonzo film. Yeah, we'll get another, there sometime. Another Eventually, week. Sean's going to make a pick. Yeah, I'll make He's going to It's going to be my give turn at some point. Bonzo and we will go movie to with Bonzo. Ronald Reagan and a monkey, guys. We'll get if to you see. didn't know, spoiler alert. Yeah, check out all the shows on the Fawcast Network. We got the Hala Tinker End, Text Before Calling, Literally Literary Going Down on South Park, and this fabulous show, celluloid breakdown uh check us out there on the tweets and the twitters and email us and let us know what you love and hate and all that stuff any recommendations gentlemen um i recommend uh popcorn with butter salt and a tiny bit of sugar well, I think that uh, in honor of Tim, we're going to recommend the British History Podcast. British History Podcast, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to make a joke about Eric Clapton. So that is the single Eric Clapton reference in this podcast you know, in honor of Tim. Yeah. I'm not going to make a joke because I, I don't think it deserves a joke. Yeah. You know, he's a good man. He's a good guitar player. I appreciate all he's his stuff. He's got 59 stuff. problems and a 59. kid ain't one. Derek. <laughs> We were almost there. That's a good one too. We that was like, really good, right? We were for like three seconds that away. That was really good. And you had to do it. But it was really good, wasn't it? Was it? I think it was. Inappropriate. Is it, is, is it a double reference? No? Congratulations. Yeah, if you guys get that reference, you know, I don't know, tweet at Joey that you understand sure. references. Yeah, at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R. Yeah. All right, I think it's time to end it, Derek. Hit the button. What button? Oh, shit. We already played the music. Oh, my God. We All got right, no I button. I have to go over and hit the button. because You got to hit the Jesus button. Christ. I can't. I can pressing stop. It's not. Oh, God.